On this episode of Guys Talking Sports, we discuss the Kawhi Leonard trade to say, uh, to Toronto and how DeRon, DeMar DeRozan is really pissed about. Uh, we, we also touch on some other aspects of the NBA. Uh, we discuss the Hall of Fame with T.O. and what he's not doing versus what he plans to do. shout out to Francis for winning the World Cup on this episode of Guys Talking Sports. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. I'd like to welcome everybody to a new episode. I'm here with my boys, Al and Earl. What's good, everybody? Doing good, everybody. Doing good. Same here, same here. Ready to get this, this, this going. All right, that's what's up. So, the big topic in today is Kawhi Leonard for DeRozan. It was DeRozan, right? I believe it was DeRozan. Yeah. Trade for Toronto to, to uh, San Antonio. Toronto gets Kawhi and Danny Green. San Antonio gets some bum and DeRozan and a protected first round draft pick. Unless it falls, uh, unless Toronto falls, you know, a pick between the, uh, one and 20. If they, if they get a top 20 pick or whatever, then it's two second round picks. So, now that this domino has finally fallen, what's the reaction? I've, I've, you know, media pundits and everybody around, I've heard some good things, I've heard some bad things. Um, what, do you, what do you guys take on it? I don't know. I was kind of, I was kind of surprised a little bit. I mean, um, I mean, based on, I guess, whatever kind of deal or package they were looking to get from the Lakers, and then you turn around and, you know, from the Toronto Raptors, you know, you get DeMar DeRozan, Jacoby Potet, and a uh, protected 2019 pick, you know, from the, you know, one to 20, which might be a low one anyway. So, you know, for a team that obviously wants to kind of turn the page from, you know, Kawhi Leonard and always trying to stay in the mix, I mean, they won a lot of prospects and, you know, talent from the Lakers, but then they turn around and took this deal from Toronto Raptors. So I'm surprised on both parts that, San Antonio sent them there for that. I mean, I figured they were going to trade him anyway because he made every indication that he was not going to stay, did not want to play, and may set out the whole season. Um, but I was surprised on the Raptors for taking this deal because you're taking it with kind of no assurances that he's actually going to sign. Now, I think um, DeRozan kind of maybe played his way out. I don't think the GM wanted to give him any, you know, give him a contract after the kind of debacle of the. Um, you know, the um, the playoffs where he kind of just went, you know, ghost against LeBron James. But um, like I said, I guess I don't like it either way. I mean, San Antonio, I mean, I'm not sure if DeRozan is that dude that you want to kind of build it on. Um, and Toronto, I'm not sure what you're going to get with Kawhi. You might get a healthy Kawhi, but if he is healthy – he's probably going to bounce after this year. So you're going to still be left holding the bag. So the only people that's probably smiling right now is probably the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> or the Clippers. Or the Clippers. What's your take out? Um, first things first. Um, San Antonio Spurs 
I think I at first I was kind of shocked, but in actuality, I'm gonna say this: San Antonio Spurs to me is, did a a, a great a, a great job. Um, I think that if, in all honesty, San Antonio did it the San Antonio Spurs way. Let's just—I mean, they wasn't gonna trade Kawhi Leonard to the, a Western Conference team. That that just didn't make sense. So, what they did was with them knowing the fact that Kawhi is all but ensured that he was going to LA the follow the next year. So teams wouldn't even look to consider trading for him. They found a tradable partner in the Toronto Raptors, where not only did they get back a lottery pick. They also got back an all-star caliber player, something that they was looking to assure that that's what they was going to get back from Kawhi Leonard. Me personally, I thought San Antonio definitely did a great job with what they had Um, because all teams already knew for the fact that Kawhi was going to LA the following year. Well, well, his camp said it, not Kawhi per se, but his camp said that West assured that he wants to play for an L.A. team. So the thing about it is, is that it would have been difficult for the San Antonio to get the key, to get something in return for Kawhi Leonard. But lo and behold, they got an all-star in DeMar DeRozan from Toronto. I think that was a great move with their hands tied behind their back because they really didn't have no leverage in this. Um, we talked about them trading to L.A. to get, like, Brandon Ingram and some key pieces, Kyle Kuzma, perhaps. But at the end of the day, they didn't even do that for younger pieces. They said, if we trade a player with Kawhi's caliber, we need an all-star in return and some picks. And lo and behold, they made the deal. I don't understand why Toronto would make the deal, being as though DeMar DeRozan is so loved in Toronto. Um, he wanted to stay there. He signed a big contract with Toronto. So I just don't see the reason why you would take a chance on a one-year rental and then trying to convince Kawhi for the next year to stay in Toronto. So this is going to make or break Toronto more than anything. Uh, I think that what San Antonio did wasn't really a step back because they made the playoffs without Kawhi to begin with. So if you add a person in DeMar DeRozan, the ceiling only gets a little bit higher. So – for at least from this past season. So I think San Antonio did a good job, in my opinion. I think Toronto is just a head-scratcher to me. I know Toronto fans, I heard Toronto fans say they love it because for whatever reason, they think that they're going to convince Kawhi to stay in Toronto. And we'll see how that plays out. Um, it's not it's not the same as what happened with Paul George. Let's just keep that, you know. The whole thing with Paul George is completely different from this. How, though? Huh? How? How come? Because Paul George, for the most part, there was no – how can I put this? Kawhi Lin- Leonard is basically still not 100% healthy. You don't know when exactly you're going to play – he's going to play. And it's been made known for a fact that this issue with Kawhi Leonard was all about not wanting to play with San Antonio, and he controlled his own destiny. You don't really have outside of – you really think that after one year in the Toronto Raptors uniform that Kawhi Leonard is going to want to stay in Toronto. They may not make it – you know, they may have they may not have the ability to go maybe through to the Eastern Conference Finals, but let's just call it as I see it. 
Kyle Lowry is not going to convince Kawhi Leonard to stay. Um, Valachunas, you think going to convince Kawhi Leonard to stay? I just don't see enough key pieces right now where Kawhi Leonard would want to stay at in Toronto at this point. Also, uh-huh. Paul George, you know, Russell Westbrook being the caliber player that he is, you know, Paul George saw that there was some unfinished business there. So I just don't see that there's a similarity between Paul, the Paul George situation and the Kawhi Leonard situation. Um, I'm not saying Kyle Lowry is, is a slouch. No, I'm not no saying stretch, that either. No, no stretch of the imagination. I'm not um, saying that either. You never know. Um, I, you know, I've read some different things where they believe pundits, I should say, uh, media pundits, uh, aka Bleacher Report, is saying that they believe Toronto got a good deal because one, DeRozan may not be, you know, may, may be coming down on a down year or I don't know. They, it seems like they, he, he could possibly be declining. And also gave Toronto the opportunity to shed a huge contract. So, and if that's the case, you shed that huge contract, you bring in Kawhi Leonard, if he decides to leave after one year, they're in complete rebuild mode, but they have a large enough cap space where they can try to go after some top names and see if they're willing to go to Toronto and then but that's where the what if scenarios right play. exactly because now it's, it's such a high risk right now because even if they go through the rebuild like you said it's going to be difficult for people to want to come and play in toronto like without demar DeRozan there without Kawhi leonard who could possibly leave you don't really see no big name free agency saying i'm going to go to toronto you know i would want to play in toronto Especially yeah. when the head coach, you fired the head coach who was the coach of the year with an assistant coach. It just doesn't seem like there's no – and let's call it like we see it. Masai Jury basically put DeMar DeRozan under the – you know, he basically, in a nutshell, told him that he was not trading him. But then in the following maybe week or two, he ended up trading him. So – if DeMar DeRozan is going saying, like, you know, there's no loyalty here with this, with this, with this organization and all this, you see the list of players on social media going after it, saying, I can't believe that they did this when he was so loyal, when DeMar DeRozan was so loyal to the team. So you really think free agency is going to look at that and say, yeah, I really trust this, you know, this organization, you know, to – basically to hold up their end of the bargain when they just did this to their most loyal um, Raptors player. Yeah, and the Raptors over the history have not had a good a good um, history of keeping talent. I mean, you look, I mean, from way back when, I mean, you have, you know, Vince Jackson, I mean, Vince Carter got fed up and wanted to leave. Then, um, uh, what was it, uh, Chris Bosh, he bounced. Then, um... Uh, 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 name escapes me right now. Vince Carter's cousin, he Tracy McGrady. McGrady, he also trading bounce. So it's like, you know, it's it's always been a hard place to not only get free agents but to keep free agents. And um, here you have a, a free agent. He might have, he might not have been that star on that level as some of the others, but he was a good player with him and Kyle Lowry. You know, one week you tell him, all right, we're not going to trade you. Then the Spurs say, hey. 
I'll give you Kawhi Leonard, and they went, all right, sold, you know, right after that. So I agree with you, Kyle. It's going to be, in the long run, difficult to keep players. If I'm Kyle Lowry, I'm looking at this like, what the hell? <laughs> but I'm saying if Kyle Lowry, he's probably looking at this as like, okay, we lost the Rosen, but we got a player who, yes, is coming off a quad injury. We don't know how healthy he is. I just heard today that he's considering playing for USA Basketball. So, obviously, he's considering trying to try out for USA Basketball. Dude ain't hurt. But, yeah, but then there's rumors <laughs> now saying that he may sit out still with the Toronto Raptors. He may I, just read, I just read something where he's warming up to the idea of playing in Toronto. <laughs> it's, it's, too, it's too much stuff. <laughs> Way too much stuff. Way too much stuff. I, I will say this. If, if Kawhi Leonard is healthy and he, and he is – you know, if he plays to the best of the ability that he we know he can play, then I will give it the benefit of the doubt. But until that is done right as of right now, I just don't see Kawhi Leonard happy being in Toronto. And the same thing really can go for DeMar DeRozan in San Antonio. I'm pretty sure Pop will sit down and have a conversation with him um, to smooth things out. But where does that stand with DeMar DeRozan now? Is he going to be welcome with open arms? down in San Antonio, like, is he really going to open up and say, okay, you know what, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to worry about what Toronto did to me. I'm just going to make the best of my opportunities down in San Antonio. So there's a couple of things that needs to be addressed. Kawhi plays the three or the, or the two? Three. Three. Because hmm. I just read also where Atlanta – is looking to make a trade with OKC for Carmelo. And I forget who Atlanta is going to give up. Oh, uh, Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, Schroeder. And possibly somebody else. And Atlanta then wants to buy out Carmelo so he can become a free agent. And then I was wondering how enticing it might be for Carmelo to maybe possibly look at Toronto. He's not going to go to Toronto. He's not going to go. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. It's, it, for Melo, it's Houston or L.A. or bust at this point. But he, just, he, just want that, he just want that ring at this point. Hey, wait a second. Is the OKC about to buy him out anyway, or are they just, just going to just trade him? Oh, they, they're hoping to trade him first before they buy him out. He's going to end up getting bought out. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't see – I mean, I could see why Atlanta would want to do this because you don't need Schroeder there anymore at this stage. Um, right. So I could see them doing that and then buying out Melo, but it, to be honest, I, it probably would be in the best interest for OKC because, well, not really, because Raymond Felton is a, a quality backup for um, Russell at this point. So I just don't see them two agreeing to the to the trade. I, I really don't. I see both teams buying out whoever they have right now. I see OKC doing it for Melo. I see Atlanta doing it for Schroeder. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, the NBA is starting to become some 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 daily some daily drama like the NFL, minus all of the rape charge. Not the, excuse me, I'm sorry, rape is so harsh. Domestic violence charges and all the other crap that the NFL takes <laughs> into. <laughs> Hold on, can you guys still hear me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I guess the one thing with this is that um, you know, I never thought in any in any stretch of imagination that the Spurs are going to trade into a Western Conference team, let alone the Lakers. I mean, 
the Kings ransom that they wanted from the Lakers. I mean, it was almost a deal that was destined to fail. I mean, you wanted, I mean, you wanted Brandon Ingram, which they might have been okay with parting with, but you wanted, you wanted Brandon Ingram, allegedly Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, in some draft picks. Come on now, that was not gonna, that was not gonna fly. They might have, like I said, they could have been able to give away Brandon Ingram. Maybe Josh Hart. I don't think they wanted to give away Kyle Kuzma. They would have been stupid for that one. But then to give additional picks down, it's like, no. You, but I that, mean, was a, that was a deal that I that Magic couldn't have taken because now you're going to mortgage your entire future, you know, for a window of, at best, three years. But... Uh, <clears throat> That was just too. It was too hot. Too much. But the, Lakers, but the Lakers did that with Kobe and Shaq. But I'm not saying they didn't give up a King's ransom for for Kobe at the time uh, because just, I guess he got they, traded on draft night. I think. Yeah, they just swapped Vladi Divac, and that was actually a steal. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, different circumstances, but it was for a window. But I mean, but think about it. Like, what what advantage would San Antonio get? For trading Kawhi to LA, keeping them in the same conference, knowing they got to face them the next amount of times, and knowing that I'm pretty much handing you the best player available to possibly topple uh, Golden State and possibly lead you to a championship, and we're supposed to take peanuts back. I, hell, I would have shoot. I would have shot for the gusto too. <laughs> and that's why. Okay. Which, is why, which is why I thought realistically they were never going to do it. So that's why I think that that the price the price for it was like that because they knew the Lakers wasn't going to agree to that. I was I, I wonder if San Antonio was like, let me see how desperate Magic is to eat his words to say if he can't pull those two superstars and he's going to step down and see how desperate he was going to be to 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 make that happen. I think that's where San Antonio was going. They got messed up when LeBron James, not that LeBron James signed with the Lakers, but they got messed up when LeBron James signed damn near the night of, you know, free agency opening. That very first night when he signed, that blew up any kind of leverage that San Antonio got because if LeBron would have took his time and there would have been a week going into two, then you might have been, imagine might have been a bit more desperate and might have pulled a deal similar to that. But once, LeBron James signed pretty quickly and said that, you know, he just wants them to really blow up the team and take the time. That just undercut any kind of leverage that the Spurs had at that point. I think all bets are off when uh, Paul George decided to stay, stay in OKC, along with LeBron deciding that night to uh, to stay. Because I think LeBron, with the squad that they have now, it's possible they can they'll make the playoffs for sure. I, mean, I don't know how deep they'll get, but. It's playoff quality basketball team. Yeah. Though I, I, mean, though I might have said something different last week, but <laughs> <laughs> I ain't wanna say that. I was gonna let that slide. No. I think, I, think, I think Kawhi would have been better served if he would have did a um LeBron James and not really said anything and kind of went into the season, played a little bit, and then when you got to the season been like, All right, I wanna be traded and here's are the teams that I wanna go to. And at that particular point then San Antonio is really in a bind because now they have all this time to kind of make a deal. Now you're in mid-season and you're like, what the hell? So you're like, you're going to either lose them one way or the other. But I think they would have had the gun to their head a bit harder if he would have pulled this 
if he didn't say anything and waited until right around the season started and then did a, you know, and then did a Chris Paul, I want to be traded. Here's the teams I want to go. This the teams I want to go to. Either you trade me or walking at the end of the season. You know, it's crazy. I think I also read where with Kawhi now in Toronto, him, him not signing the max deal, with San Antonio, I think he could have did five years to $214 million. If he decides to sign do a max in Toronto after this coming season, he could do five for like 184 or something like that or 181. But if he decides to leave and go to the Lakers, the only max deal he can get is like a five for $140 million. Like he literally is like leaving $80 million on the table within a year just because he wanted to get out of San Antonio so bad. So obviously for him, I guess it ain't about money. Because he just wears cornrows. He's he's a very generic dude. I guess if he were to stop playing basketball, I think he'd become – I mean, granted, granted, he'd be recognizable, but I think he would be more – he'd be suited to walk around and people would be like, is that Kawhi Leonard? No, nah, I don't know if that's Kawhi Leonard because he's not flashy. You know, I don't know. Nah. I don't know what human being would sit there and, like, literally, like, leave. I can see leaving 80 or 40 because you're going to a team where you can sign – a max, but you know, leaving 80, 80 million off the table. That's now that's the question. Thing. The question is that is very is you you're choosing between money and happiness. That's the bottom line. Like, if that's where he was at right at that stage, just like yo, do I really want the money or do I really want to be happy and love doing what I want to do? That really what it came down to. Well, so I guess that's what you're saying about LeBron. It wasn't. It was necessarily about the money. It was more so next stages of life for him. Yeah, and that's really yeah. I mean, I think they're at a, the money aspect is like now to them like constant. Like it's no, you know, it's not like after doing everything that they've done, especially LeBron. After doing everything that he's done in the NBA, I don't think the money factor even matters at this stage. I think it's more so of the lifestyle and what's next from a business aspect for him. What other potential um, earnings I can get outside of the NBA. I'm thinking he's looking at the future outside of the NBA at this point. Um, he's done everything he needed to do from the NBA standpoint. Now let me see what I could do, what I could branch out and do outside of the NBA. I think that's where his focus is, where Kawhi is completely different, where he's like, the money is not really an issue to me, um, especially if I don't love playing what, I, you know, love, Doing playing what I do for a living, so right, right. Well, well, let me ask you a question, Bill. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Both of y'all questions. So, where does that stand? Where does that put Toronto in your Eastern Conference ranking? Is Kawhi healthy? Assuming that he's healthy, top three. Mm -hmm. The order. The order, I'm not sure, but top three. Oh, 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 who's your third? No, I'm saying I'm not sure of the order. Oh, no, no. Oh, but I'm saying, like, who who's your top three teams? That's what I'm saying. With him healthy, it'd be Boston, Philly, and Toronto. The order. Okay. I forgot about Philly. I keep forgetting about Philly for whatever reason. <laughs> right? I keep forgetting about Philly. It's just, it's just no. not a team that you recognize right now. Nah. Because they're, they're historically sucky. Yep. yep. Be honest with you, I'm really concerned about Philadelphia. Why? But I could talk more about that going forward when the season starts. 
Um, them losing Bellinelli and Ella Silva is going to hurt them. They don't know it yet, but they're gonna, it's going to really hurt them. I, that messes up their rotation. I, I, I would tend to agree. Depends on if they pick up anybody along the way to fill up those spots, but yeah. I don't follow Philly enough to, to care. Um, <laughs> and to be very honest, I'm closer to Philly than I am DC. <laughs> Speaking of which, I, I wanted to get your take about this because we didn't get the take on it last week. What is what the DC fans are saying in regards to Dwight coming to the Wizards? Mm-hmm. Yeah. From what I gather from the fellas that I talk to, uh, I don't get the DC sports radio. Mm-hmm. Anymore Baltimore, but but because the Wizards, though they're DC, I guess they're Maryland's team. Mm-hmm. So and there's no other basketball team in Maryland. Um, the general acceptance is it was a good signing. Um, I mean, Dwight is what only 34. I mean, uh, if he could just get his act together and this act right. And try to you know show some semblance of what he did, you know, the type of player that he was, maybe in the latter years of of uh, Orlando. You know, maybe before he got a little too big for his britches and cocky when he went to L.A. Somewhere around that time frame, because he was still an All Star caliber type player. I think that's a pretty good pickup for uh, for for Washington if, if he could play that way. Um. But for the it's general acceptance, I'm, I've not heard anything negative about Dwight Howard being in Washington. I mean, they needed a big, especially once they got rid of Gortat. Um, and Dwight, I believe, is a better big than Gortat, even with the Dwight kind of sucking. Personally, I think he's better. I think he he could possibly, as long as his back is cooperating, I think he could. Gortat could run the floor, but I think he probably he could probably run the floor a little better. <laughs> and he's still a double double, automatic double double when he wants to be an automatic double double. And that's something that uh, I think Washington could sorely use, uh, really use, I should say, just because it's they though Gortat when I think when they first got him was a little bit more dominant, but then they also had Nene, so Nene and Gortat would kind of balance each other out. So. Hoping, like, you know, if, if he can get them 14 and 10 a game, I think that's more than enough that they would ever think that he would bring to the table. And, you know, every so often he will get you anywhere between 18 and 20 or 18 and 24 a game. Well, not a game, but in spurts, depending on who, who they might be playing or if he's hot or something like that. Like that. So I think it was a good pick up from what I'm hearing. Well, shoot, he got a, he, he got a contract to make him because he got all them kids he got to feed. So, uh <laughs> A lot, oh, got a lot of, got a lot of baby mamas, man. He got a pull out game week. I'm sorry, <laughs> not <laughs> exist. <laughs> it's condom, man. This is where condom. He won't have all these problems. Ah. You know, <laughs> but uh, like I said before, I think I think the NBA is becoming a really, really compelling. I think I heard Silver was talking about possibly. Change the free agency before the draft, and if they start doing that, think about all the, the hoopla that's going to happen before the you know before the draft, and then how that really affects drafts and all that type of stuff, and what, what team what teams to go after. I think it'd be, I think it'd be some uh, some really interesting drama. Yeah, next year is going to be open market because that's why a lot of free agents now sign a lot of one year deals 
because they know 2019 is going to be a change. And it's going to it'd be interesting to see what happens going forward because a lot of teams are going to have a lot of cap, free cap space um, once it's all said and done. And, and also, can I just take a, a brief moment to, uh, to shout out Javon Carter, a guard from West Virginia, signing his contract. I'm not 100% sure how contracts work for second, you know, second round players because they're not guaranteed. Uh, but he signed a multi-year deal with Memphis and – Memphis then turned around and traded Ben McLemore out to Sacramento. And I think uh, Memphis got some forward, some aging forward, which pretty much just cleared up cap space for, uh, for Sacramento because Ben, ben McLemore has been like a bust coming out of Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if, you know, if there was ever a scenario where uh, Javon had some sort of competition to think that he probably had to beat out Michael Moore. Memphis just took it, took all that away from him and said, dude, you pretty much guaranteed your spot now. So congrats to him, fellow Mountaineer alum. I uh, got to gotta throw some props out there because Mountaineers, you know, when we make it to the NBA, we don't tend to stick around very long. So I think he's <laughs> going to, I think he's going to do all right in the NBA. <laughs> and I told you, and I, and I told you, I told you not to sleep. It was a perfect fit for Javon. Yeah. yeah I yeah, said I that um, last podcast. Mike Conley is going, it's going to be, if you don't, how can I put this? Mike Conley better re, should remain healthy going forward because if they don't, Javon Carter is going to be that dude to step in and make the Grizzlies reconsider what they have going with Mike Conley. I, and I said this, I wouldn't be surprised if Conley is still injured. I would not be surprised if Carter comes in and they make him a starter. I would not be surprised. Um, I, I, I really think that that's a perfect match pairing. It couldn't get no better for him. Right, right. I mean, as long as he can get his legs – under him because of this, the vigors of the, uh, the NBA season versus college. But people will tell you who follow Javon, who follow Mountaineer basketball, like this joker would be the first one in the gym and the one closing and locking the gym up at night because he stayed so much later practicing. Like even before games, he's out there shooting and doing what he needs to do before games. And I guess to him, that's probably a habit that he's not going to he can't break. So I'm assuming he's probably going to take that same type of habit that he had in college and project it into the, uh, to the NBA where he's probably going to be out there shooting hoops before games. I don't know how much they'll tire him out because, of course, it was a longer season. So <laughs> <laughs> that may or may change. That may or may not change. I don't know. But I'm excited. You know, I am a – I'm not a Memphis like, Grizzlies fan. I have no stretch of imagination. You're going to be a Grizzlies fan? <laughs> no, not at all. God. Not at all. But I will follow. You know, because I have vested interest just to see how Javon' career will, you know, will progress with the Grizzlies, which is, you know, it's not too. I, at least for Mountaineers, you know, this, we don't get many players. <laughs> they don't give me anything to talk about, right? Not in the NBA, NFL. We can talk about some things. <laughs> we can talk about how bad Geno is. We can talk about how good Bruce Irvin is. You know, we have we have volumes of where we can go, but <laughs> <laughs> basketball, you know, we can. I can hang my hat on that one. I don't know the kid. <laughs> you would think you would think uh, I just dabbed him up before I started the show. You know? That's not to say that. <laughs> hey guys, I want to switch to on the NFL real quick here. Uh, get your take on the whole thing with uh, with um, 
um, T.O. Um, got got accepted to the Hall of Fame, but opted to not attend the ceremony. Um, opted to do his, his um, speech at his alma mater, and the um, the hall or the committee on the hall opted to not even include his name or anything within the ceremony. They'll mail him his jacket. His bus is still be in the um, in the building but no mention of his name or accomplishments or any kind of blurb um, will be noted um, once the ceremony begins. So I went, I was curious what your guys' thoughts about that. Uh, you know what? Let T.O. do T.O. I mean, I, you know, I, I love the fact that he was a Niner. I love the fact that he put the Niners on his back when he was there. I'm not even sure what team he's being represented Represented in, represented as in the Hall of Fame. Um, <laughs> right, it could be Philly, it could be, it could be Dallas, it could be I don't know. Um, but I ain't mad. I mean, there's no rules stipulating that you can't do what he's doing. There's everybody just say there's a, it's it's a given because it's the Hall of Fame that you know you want to go give your speech and you want to be recognized. But I mean, if that's what he wants to do, then if going speaking at his alma mater makes him happy, I'm sure. The, I'm sure the University of Tennessee volunteers uh, Chattanooga. I think he went oh, to Chattanooga. Okay. Um, will be happy to have him there, and I'm sure faculty, staff, students, whomever's there at the time will show up and show love because it's To, and they're putting he's putting that school at least for that time frame on the map for just a small little bit. And talking about his accomplishments, you know, and maybe that's what makes him happy. I, I guess I, I have no problems with it. But as long, I don't think this the the Hall of Fame committee or the people in the Hall of Fame should exclude him from anything that Hall of Fame members get perks for. Because if they if they do if they stop that sort of stuff for him, then that's where I think it becomes real petty. And maybe they just need to make it a rule moving forward. The TO rule that if you're gonna if you want to be included in the Hall of Fame that you gotta attend this and you gotta do that. And if you don't like it, then maybe we withdraw our nomination of you being in the Hall of Fame. I I don't agree with that. If you make them into the Hall of Fame, I mean and to be honest, doesn't need the ceremony for you to be a Hall of Famer at this point. So me personally, I think if he has that option to want to do something differently, there shouldn't be no quarrels or any problems with that. Um, it does, to be honest, it kind of seems kind of petty now, the fact that you don't want him mentioned into the actual ceremony because he doesn't want to participate. He wants to use his services to go to do it someplace else. Um, to be honest, it should be more commendable um, to see somebody take that initiative to say, you know what, I'm going to do something, step over, step out the box and do something different. Um, but, you know, like Adrian said, T.O. is T.O. Um, if you want to do this, I have no problems with it as well. Um, I think it's a good idea. And I think that I would not be surprised if more um, future Hall of Famers do something in that same, that same realm, so to speak. Um, people may not want to speak at the actual ceremony, but they may want to speak someplace else. So I, I see that being a start of a new trend going forward. Yeah, I guess I, you know, I'm kind of in the middle. I mean, um, on the one hand, you know, I was thinking, all right, 
yeah, you didn't get it on the first ballot. And maybe, and maybe even though you're not saying it, that you might be a little salty that you're getting it on your third try. Hence, Randy Moss gets it on his first try. So um, I don't know if that's even a, if that's in there. But you know, you could have took opportunity when Michael Jordan, you know, got into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. And he took shots at everybody. I mean, he thanked <laughs> no one really and just took aim at everybody that said anything wrong about him. Anyone that ever gave him the slightest slight. He took, I mean, he went back from high school up until the NBA. I mean, he just had like a laundry list of people that he actually called out by name and, and took aim and shot at him. So, I mean, T.O. could have well, did that. Well, true, but like maybe T.O. was just taking the high road in that case. And I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, on one hand, I would have loved to see him do that because at that particular point, nobody in the hall could do anything about it. I mean, that was a perfect opportunity to give a FU to the people that's been going at him, a.k.a. the sports writers, who, in my opinion, have no business voting anybody in the Hall of Fame because they're very, very personal when it gets to this stuff. Mm -hmm. But second, I, I, I have no problems with it. I mean, he says that, you know what, I went to this ceremony. You know, he has his issues with it, but he's doing this to stand up for all the people that didn't get in on the first try who should have been in on the first try. So he's going to do it as alma mater. So I have no problem with it. I mean, the hall is on the other end being petty because they're like, all right, we're not even going to even mention your name, even though they might. I'm hearing that they might adjust that a little bit to kind of just do a quick, short five minute thing. But I don't know if that's going to really go. But. Like I said, I'm 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 on the fence with that one. I'd love to see him at the hall giving a speech, taking aim at all the people, you know, that ever talked, you know, bad about him or said anything negative about him. I see I see one of the Hall of Famers that's gonna give their speech gonna mention I see someone that's gonna mention T O when it's all said and done. Would it be I, would it be um would it be Daryl Dawkins is um former um Eagle Eagle player? Or would it be Randy? Well, here's a, here's a bigger debate, and I guess I don't know if uh, this debate could be addressed now or in a future podcast, but when you think about T.O. and all of his accomplishments and his statistics, and do you think he's, A, worthy of a first ballot Hall of Fame, and then, two, who do you think is a better receiver, Moss or T.O.? Yeah, that's a – that's a podcast and that's a that's a that's another completely podcast like you gotta give time to think about that like i can give, yeah. you, my, I can give you my first answer about about that if you're gonna put in randy moss with the numbers that he has on first ballot then Terrell Lowen should have been the first ballot because he has some numbers better than him he's what number two or number three in some of the you know to them receiving categories above randy now, as far as a bit of receiver, that's another podcast because that's a they both do they both do things great. Yes, you know, and I heard the biggest comparison was you put Moss when he had the opportunity to catch passes from a Montana or a Young uh, or uh, a Garcia or a McNabb or a uh, or. Uh, QB from uh, uh, Romo, you know. That's my quarterback. Right. T.O. always seemed to have 
upper hand when it came to quarterbacks versus Moss, who had Culpepper uh, and some other quarterbacks. And then I guess he was just with uh, Tom Brady for the one or two years. Or I love, you know. He was at his best with Brady. Yes, he was. He was two years, but that one year, whew, yes. I don't think, I don't, I, I don't think To could have replicated what what Randy did, not in that fashion. Yeah, but see, Randy to me, Randy of course was a faster receiver than To, but I think To was a much more physical wide receiver than Moss. That's the and difference. That's the difference between the different styles of the wide receivers because you have one. That was a slot receiver, and there was one that was straight up a possession, um, you know, like a catch and run type of person. Where he'll get if you throw it to him, you'll def- he'll definitely catch it and make the best of the situation. Oh yeah, I mean Randy was the one that take it, you know, blow the top off the joint and mm-hmm. throw it deep, and he'll run underneath it. To was that joker who didn't care about going over the middle to break a few tackles and still take it to the house. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, yes, we maybe we should just before the Hall of Fame induction, maybe just dedicate a podcast to discuss some of the players that are being enshrined and and really kind of break down who we believe is the better receiver between T.O. and Moss and the, the the ballot, you know, first ballot versus third ballot Hall of Fame. You know, I, it's very compelling stuff. It is. I agree. Well, fellas, I had time flies when you're having a great time. Curses, Kawhi, for dragging this whole thing out, making us talk about Toronto like we give a damn about Drake and what goes on in the Air Canada Coliseum. Champagne poppy. (laughs) (laughs) But it made for some great podcast fodder this evening. And uh, we look forward to see how the rest of the dominoes fall, you know, we all need to know where Carmelo's going. I mean, Randy, yeah, he wants to go. Oh, to quick pick ups to, uh, to, to, to France for winning the World Cup. Yes. France. I did not watch not near a single second of it, but congratulations to them. Not near. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'm about to graze past Fox when it was on Sunday morning. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's still playing? Oh, okay. <laughs> I kept going. <laughs> I go well. <laughs> right, pretty much. I was like, uh, this, this is, it's, uh, it's the World Cup. It's like the Man, Olympics. You're captivated for the first two or three nights, and then you, you like, it's still on <laughs> a week later. <laughs> Dude, even that's lost its luster in my book. <laughs> Well, maybe the Summer Olympics. I'm like, I was about to say, about to say you know, you know how it is with the Summer Olympics. <laughs> the Winter Olympics, nah. <laughs> Gets no viewership from me. <laughs> Too much pageantry. Too beautiful. I need, I need sweat and athleticism. <laughs> okay, that's a bad thing to say. <laughs> I love all the Olympics, regardless if you're winter or summer. <laughs> It's all raw here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I've been drinking water. <laughs> well, anyway, fellas, man, as you can see, when we're having fun and we're we're just ta- we're just chatting, chatting away. Time just seems to get away from us. But before we wrap things up, you know, let the folks know out there where they can be where they can reach you and drop some comments, concerns, some fresh ideas, 
so we can make this podcast what we truly want it to be. Hey guys, you can catch me on Snapchat, uh, Snapchat, Twitter, and the gram. Um, J E Ross number seven. And of course, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Qualls. Twitter and Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Qualls. Shout out to Liz Cambage for scoring that fifty-three points in the WNBA. I heard about that, and I thought it was Deladon, but you know, hey, I guess there's somebody else who can score. Uh, no shots being fired at WNBA, by the way. That's it. I love the WNBA. I have no problems with WNBA. It's just nice to see that somebody else other than the name stars can go out there and drop fifty. So with that being said, you can find me on Twitter at uh, CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. So, fellas, once again, it's a pleasure. It's always great we can come together on a Tuesday or Wednesday night and shoot the breeze that we call sports. And uh, thank you for everybody else out there that listens and shows your support to us and continue to, to bless us with everything nice allow us to, to sit here and give us a, you know, give us our perspective to what we believe is going on out there. So without further ado, I'd like to bid everybody a, a wonderful night. Look forward to chatting again next Wednesday on another episode of God's Love. Bless. Bless.